Amen. You may be seated. That song speaks of uh, remembering what Christ did for us. And, of course, that's what we're here to do tonight. And that's one of the purposes of uh, the Lord's Supper, communion. An opportunity for us to remember and to kind of rehash the events that led to the cross and even the events of the cross. Uh, And it is important for us to uh, not go too much... Uh, not too much time to pass before we think of and remember and are thankful for what Christ did for us uh, there and becoming our sacrifice, becoming our substitute. You and I were the ones who deserved to be on that cross, not Him, uh, but because of His love, but because of His uh, grace and mercy for us, He uh, took our place on the cross. And so uh, that's why it's important for us to take time as we go through the year a few times to remember uh, what Uh, He did for us. And uh, remember, as Jesus passed out the elements, he said, this do in remembrance of me. And so that's what we're going to be doing here in just a few minutes. Um, I was thinking uh, about what to bring to you tonight. And instead of me preaching, uh, we're going to let the Lord Jesus do most of the preaching tonight. Um, He obviously is the preacher uh, much greater than I. And uh, we're going to let him do most of the preaching tonight. So what we're going to do, and I've mentioned this as we've gone through the I am statements, we've mentioned that John chapter 13 through John chapter 17 records what took place in the upper room. And so what we're going to do tonight is kind of go into a time machine and uh, go all the way back to when Jesus met with the disciples there in the upper room. And uh, we're going to be flies on the wall, so to speak, or we're going to be in that room and listen to what took place in the upper room. So we're going to go through and read publicly uh, John chapter 13 through 17. Now, don't worry, I'm not going to read all of it by myself, uh, because that's going to probably be very difficult to listen to. So we're going to break it up, and uh, we're going to break it up and have, uh, oh, there's going to be four of us that are going to be, that are going to be reading tonight. And uh, so what we're going to do is go through each chapter, and then I'm going to make just a few comments about some of the lessons, some of the key parts of that chapter, and uh, that'll help us to understand perhaps what, uh, well, it'll help us to understand a lot better what the disciples uh, got to experience and hear uh, firsthand. And John is the only one that really recorded a lot uh, out of the three or out of the four gospel writers, John was the one who wrote the most, uh, 155 verses about what took place uh, right after the, uh, the serving of the cup and the bread, and uh, then on to the Garden of Gethsemane. So John spends a lot more time about what took place uh, in the upper room with the disciples. So if you want to take your Bible and read along with us tonight, we're going to go ahead and jump in. And I'm going to read chapter 13, and uh, then we'll have someone else read John chapter 14, someone else read John chapter 15 and 16, and then I'll uh, end it by reading chapter 17. John chapter 13 says this, Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come, that he should depart out of this world unto the Father, having loved his own which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. And supper being ended, 
the devil having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he was come from God and went to God, he riseth from supper, laid aside his garments, and took a towel and girded himself. After that, he poureth water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. Then cometh he to Simon Peter, and Peter saith unto him, Lord, dost thou wash my feet? Jesus answered and said unto him, What I do thou knowest not now, but, what, but thou shalt know hereafter. Peter saith unto him, Thou shalt never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, Well, if I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. Simon Peter saith unto him, Well, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus saith unto him, He that is washed needeth not to save Needeth not save to wash his feet, but is clean every whit, and ye are clean, but not all. For he knew who should betray him, therefore said he, ye are not all clean. So after he had washed their feet, and had taken his garments, and was set down again, he said unto them, Know ye what I have done unto you? Ye call me Master and Lord, and ye say, Well, for so I am. Well, if I then, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet... Ye also, ye also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that ye should do as I have done to you. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord, neither he that is sent greater than he that sent him. If ye know these things, happy are ye if ye do them. I speak not of you all, I know whom I have chosen, but that the scripture may be fulfilled. He that eateth bread with me hath lifted up his heel against me. Now I tell you before it come that when it is come to pass, ye may believe that I am he. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that receiveth whomsoever I send, receiveth me. And he that receiveth me, receiveth him that sent me. When Jesus had thus said, he was troubled in spirit and testified and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you that one of you shall betray me. Then the disciples looked one on another, doubting of whom he spake. Now there was uh, leaning on Jesus' bosom one of his disciples, whom Jesus loved. Simon Peter therefore beckoned to him that he should ask who it should be of whom he spake. He then lying on Jesus' breast saith unto him, Lord, who is it? Jesus answered, he it is to whom I shall give a sop when I have dipped it. And when he had dipped the sop, he gave it to Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. And after the sop, Satan entered into him. Then said Jesus unto him, That thou doest, do quickly. No man at the table knew for what intent he spake this unto him. For some of them thought, because Judas had the bag, that Jesus had said unto him, By those things that we have need of against the feast, or that he should give something to the poor. Well, he then, having received the sop, went immediately out, and it was night. Therefore, when he was gone out, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God be glorified in him, God shall also glorify him in himself, and shall straightway glorify him. Little children... Yet a little while I am with you. Ye shall seek me, 
As I said unto the Jews, whither I go, ye cannot come. So now I say to you, a new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another, as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. Simon Peter said unto him, Lord, whither whither goest thou? Jesus answered him, Whither I go, thou canst not follow me now, but thou shalt follow me afterwards. Peter said unto him, Lord, why why cannot I follow thee now? I will lay down my life for thy sake. Jesus answered him, Wilt thou lay down thy life for my sake? Verily, verily, I say unto thee, The cock shall not crow till thou hast denied me thrice. What a wonderful chapter. Uh, There's a few things that took place in this chapter that I just wanted to uh, point out. First of all, in the really the first section of chapter 13, verses 1 through 17, Jesus shows us and showed the disciples a true example of servanthood. Being willing to uh, wash the disciples' feet, that was only a job that the lowest servants did. And Jesus was willing to stoop down the Creator, (laughs) the Holy God, the one who is going to sit on the great white throne judgment, that same person uh, was willing to lower himself down to a servant. And then he said in verse number uh, 15, For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Powerful. Um, Just a lot of lessons in that, of course, but uh, certainly... Uh, We all need to be willing to serve one another and to serve the Lord, of course, but to serve one another and being willing to do things that no one else really wants to do, and that's what Jesus did. And uh, it is interesting, I like verse number 17, if you know these things, happy are ye if you do them. Uh, One of God's prescriptive uh, formulas for happiness in life is to serve the Lord and to serve others. Uh, If we just want everybody to serve us, that's not going to bring happiness. But if we're willing to serve others, he said, happy are ye if you do them. Uh, So uh, there in the first section of chapter 13, there's an example of servanthood. Uh, Then Judas ends up leaving here. Uh, In verse 21, Jesus' spirit is troubled because he knows that someone's going to betray him. And uh, then it Everybody's wondering who it's going to be, and of course, no one thought it was going to be Judas, and we all know that Judas was the one, but uh, he was such a great actor, he would have won an Academy Award for being a disciple, for being the most spiritual of the bunch, because no one thought uh, that he was going to be the one. Even after Jesus gave him that sop, he dipped the sop and he gave it to Judas Iscariot in verse 26, and then... Uh, Jesus said that thou doest, do quickly. Um, I think it would have been pretty clear, like, okay, he must be the one. Uh, But no one thought that it was Judas. Uh, He was such a great pretending Christian. And uh, certainly uh, that can be the case in churches today as well. Uh, We can act spiritual. We can put on, uh, you know, an act and and the right appearance. Um, that everybody would never think for one second that we're not a believer. But 
but the question is, are we a believer? And, and so you need to ask yourself, am I a Judas? Um, the rest, after Judas, after Judas leaves here, the next several chapters uh, do not apply to Judas because he's not a believer. And as Jesus makes a lot of promises and uh, encouragement and brings comfort, uh, it's not for Judas because he's not there. So Judas leaves and no one suspects him of being the traitor. Then in verse number 33, he announces his departure. Little children, and he refers to them, and I've, I've mentioned this in, the, in a recent message, um, that uh, he's going to be leaving. He says, yet a little while I'm with you, you shall seek me. And as I said to the Jews, whither I go, you cannot come. So now I say to you, I, I'm leaving and, and you're not going to be able to follow me. Then he gives a new commandment in verses 34 and 35, this commandment to love one another. Um, just a powerful commandment there. And uh, certainly we need to remember that commandment as well, to love one another. And uh, the, the example here is that you love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. And uh, he says this is the mark um, not putting a bumper sticker on a car, not wearing Jesus shirts and, you know, um, putting a nice profile picture with a cross in your social media account. Those are good things, but here's how people are going to know that we're his disciples if we have love one to another. And then in verses 36 on down, uh, basically we see Peter's pride saying, I'm never going to de depart from you. I'm going to lay down my life for thy sake. And then it wasn't just a, a little bit later, just a, perhaps a, an hour or two later that uh, he ends up denying the Lord three times. So a lot of different lessons found in chapter 13. We're going to read chapter 14 right now. I'm going to ask Seth to come and uh, read chapter 14. And then after he's done, I'll make again another couple comments. John 14. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. And whither I go, ye know, and the way ye know. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If ye had known me, ye should have known my Father also. And from henceforth ye know him, and have seen him. Philip saith unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it sufficeth us. Jesus saith unto him, have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that, he that hath seen me hath seen the Father, and how sayest thou then, show us the Father? Believest thou not that I am in, my, in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father in me. Or else believe me for the very word's sake. Verily, verily, I say unto you, 
He that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. If ye love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him, for he dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless, I will come to you. Yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more. But ye see me, because I live, ye shall live also. At that day ye shall know that I am in my Father, and ye in me, and I in you. He that hath my commandments, and keepeth them. He it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him, and will manifest myself to him. Judas saith unto him, not Iscariot, Lord, how is it that thou wilt manifest thyself unto us, and not unto the world? Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my father will love him, and we will come unto him, and make our abode with him. He that loveth me not, keepeth not my sayings, and the word which ye hear is not mine but the fathers which sent me. These things have I spoken unto you, being yet present with you. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things, and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Ye have heard how I said unto you, I go away and come again unto you. If ye love me, ye would rejoice, because I said I go unto my Father. For my Father is greater than I, and now I have told you before it come to pass, that when it is come to pass, ye might believe. Hereafter I will not talk much with you, for the prince of this world cometh, and hath nothing in me. But that the world may know that I love the Father, and as the Father gave me commandment, even so I do. Arise, let us go hence. Thank you, Seth. Well, uh, most of us are familiar with the first part of chapter 14 as Jesus grants comfort for the troubled heart. And uh, the disciples were troubled because of his announcement that he was going to be leaving. And they were not, they didn't quite understand what that meant. And they were uh, very discouraged about that very concept. And so he grants them comfort in uh, verses 1, 2, and 3 here. Uh, and then there's some confusion. Thomas says, uh, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? And then, of course, Jesus clarifies in, in uh, verse number six, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. What a wonderful verse that is. 
And so he, he grants comfort, and, and, and even later on in this, uh, in, in verse 27 of, of John chapter 14, um, he alludes to their troubled hearts again. He says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. And uh, that's a, uh, God doesn't want us to have our hearts troubled. He doesn't want us to live in fear. Uh, he wants us to have faith in him, and uh, that's what he's trying to encourage uh, the uh, disciples with, and of course us tonight as well. Uh, some key verses, of course, is verse number 6. Uh, verse number 15 is another one. If ye love me, keep my commandments. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of Christians would say, oh, I love Jesus, I love Jesus, I love Jesus. Uh, but really, the, the mark of loving Jesus is obedience to Jesus and to the Word of God. That's what, uh, that's what he says here. Uh, verse 21 is another uh, reference to that. He that, he that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved my father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. So, um, again, loving God uh, means and equals being obedient to God. And obedient to God means and equals uh, loving God. And then uh, one of the big announcements in chapter 14 is the announcement of the, the comforter. Um, in verse number 16, he says, I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. So Jesus says, I'm leaving, but I'm going to send a comforter who's going to stay with you uh, forever. And uh, the, the comforter did come in the form of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. And at that point, the Holy Spirit indwelt believers and indwells every believer and will always indwell every believer and he'll never leave us nor forsake us aren't you thankful for that um, and so and he gives us the identity of the comforter of course there's it's a capital c here which of course is a uh, means that it's god here but he identifies who the holy spirit or the the comforter is in verse number 26 He's but the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name. He shall teach you all things and bring all things uh, to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. So, uh, I mean, there's a lot more we could go into this, but uh, for sake of time, those are uh, kind of the key thoughts in chapter number 14. Uh, chapter 15, uh, Brother Clint, if you would, go ahead and come on up and... Uh, he's going to read chapter 15, and I uh, just preached on chapter 15 last Sunday morning, uh, but uh, we'll read it again today, uh, if you would, brother. John chapter 15, I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. Every branch of me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away, and every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the, brand, uh, excuse me, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He, he that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. If a man abideth not, abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, and is withered, and men gather them 
and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in ye, you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. This is my commandment, that ye love one another as I have loved you. Greater love uh, hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends, if you do whatsoever I command you. Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not uh, what his Lord doeth. But I have called you friends, for all things that I have heard of my Father I have made known unto you. Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you, and ordained you, that ye should go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you, that ye love one another. If the world hate you, ye know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love his own. But because ye are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. Remember the word that I said unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they, <clears throat> if they have kept my saying, they will keep yours also. But all these things will they do unto you for my Father's namesake, <clears throat> because they know not him that sent me. If I had not come and spoken unto them, they had not sinned, but now they have no cloak for their sin. He that hateth me hateth my Father also. If I had not done among them the works which none other man did, they had not had sin, but now have they both seen and hated both me and my Father. But this cometh to pass, that the word might be fulfilled that is written in their law, that they hated me without cause. But when the Comforter is come, whom I send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceedeth from the Father, he shall testify of me. And ye also shall bear witness, because ye have been with me from the beginning. Thank you, Brother Clint. John chapter 15. Uh, and we mentioned this on Sunday morning. I'm not going to re-preach it, of course. But uh, Jesus does declare that he is the true vine. And uh, as opposed to the uh, vine of Israel, which failed, Jesus succeeded in completion and completed uh, and successfully was faithful to God's commandments and lived a perfect and sinless life. And then, of course, there's the invitation to abide in him. And again, as he's talking to these disciples, he's explaining the relationship he wants to have with them and uh, the relationship he wants them to have with him uh, as he departs. Um, to still abide, to remain, to continue in, uh, in, in the relationship as, as it goes. Uh, one, one big key announcement in this chapter is he calls his disciples for the first time, not just disciples, not just servants, but he calls them friends. And he calls them friends in verse 13 through 
uh, 15. He says in verse 13, Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. And he was explaining what he was about to do, but he was also explaining what he thought of those disciples. Now, these aren't just followers of him. Now these are his friends. And then he says in verse 14, Ye are my friends if you do whatsoever I have command you. Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth, but I have called you friends. For all things I have heard of my Father I have made known unto you. And so he calls his disciples friends, and then he once again commands us to love one another in verse 17. These things I command you that you love one another. And then in verses 18 on down through verse 27, the rest of the chapter, um, Jesus uh, promises that the world is not going to love us. In fact, the world is going to hate you um, or hate us. If the world hate you, you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. So he didn't promise that it's going to be a cakewalk for us believers in this present world, that there's going to be persecution, there's going to uh, be dislike for what we stand for, what we believe, and uh, we see that going on right before our eyes as we look at the news. I mean, there's uh, the Oklahoma basketball team in the NCAA tournament, uh, a USA Today um, journalist wanted to cancel them uh, because of what they believe. They believe the Bible, and, they, and, and she made the case that they should not be allowed in this basketball tournament based on what they believe, and they believe biblical truth for the most part. Okay, uh, We would differ in some areas with their doctrinal statement, but for the most part, they believe in, in, in biblical truth when it comes to morality. And, uh, and, and so now we're seeing this world hate Christians and want to cancel Christians. Um, Jesus basically said, don't, don't, don't think it's like, don't be shocked when that happens. And uh, he, we're in good company because the world hated the Lord Jesus. And we're going to see that um, at, in, in just a couple chapters as the whole crowd and the mob goes, crucify him, crucify him. These were the same people we just celebrated Palm Sunday uh, those people that were laying those palm branches down and yelling, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And just a wonderful, I mean, it, it was just a, an emotional time and everybody was just feeling so wonderful. Those same people just a few days later were yelling, crucify him, crucify him. Uh, they completely, radically changed. Uh, they were super fickle in their uh, their, their worship was absolutely surface worship. It wasn't true worship of the Lord Jesus. And uh, so we were, uh, the world will not love us, but actually will um, most likely hate us, especially if we're following the Lord Jesus as close as he desires for us to, cl to, to follow him. So um, not exactly the greatest uh, encouragement, but he was just being honest as he was about to leave. Chapter 16, let's move to that. Brother uh, Chuck Sr., if you would come and uh, read John chapter 16 at this time. John 16. These things have I spoken unto you, that ye should not be offended. They shall put you out of the synagogues, yea, 
the time cometh that whosoever killeth you will think that he doeth God's service. And these things will they do unto you, because they have not known the Father nor me. But these things have I told you, that when the time shall come, ye may remember that I told you of them. And these things I said not unto you at the beginning, because I was with you. But now I go my way to him that sent me, and none of you asketh me, whither goest thou? But because I have said these things unto you, sorrow hath filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away, for if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I do, but if I, de but, <clears throat> excuse me, but if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he is come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment, of sin because they believe not on me, of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more, of judgment because the prince of this world is judged. I have yet many things to say unto you, but ye cannot bear them now. Howbeit, when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine, and shall show it unto you. All things that the Father hath are mine. Therefore said I, that he shall take of mine, and shall show it unto you. A little while, and you shall not see me. And again, a little while, and you shall see me, because I go to the Father. Then said some of his disciples among themselves, What is this that he, that he saith unto us? A little while, and ye shall not see me. And again a little while, and ye shall see me. And because I go to the Father. That they said, Therefore, what is this that he saith? A little while? We cannot tell what he saith. Now Jesus knew that they were desirous to ask him and said unto them, Do ye inquire among yourselves of that I said a little while? And ye said, And ye shall not see me. And again a little while, and ye shall see me. Verily, verily, I say unto you, that ye shall weep with lament, but the world shall rejoice and ye shall be sorrowful, but your sorrows shall be turned into joy. A woman, when she is travailed, has sorrow, but her hour is come. But as soon as she is delivered of the child, she remembereth no more the anguish for joy that a man is born into the world. And ye now therefore have sorrow, but I will see you again, and your heart shall rejoice and your joy no man taketh from you. And in that day ye shall ask me nothing. 
Verily, verily, I say unto you, whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, he will give to you, he will give it you. Hitherunto have you asked nothing in my name, ask, and ye shall receive, that your joy may be full. These things have I spoken unto you in the Proverbs, but the time cometh when I shall no more speak unto the, you in the Proverbs, but I shall show you plenty of the Father, plainly of the Father. At that day ye shall ask in my name, and I shall not unto you, <clears throat> excuse me, and I say not unto you that I will pray the Father for you. For the Father himself loveth you, because you have loved me, and have believed that I came out from God. I come forth from the Father, and am come into the world again. I leave the world, and go to the Father. His disciples said unto him, Lo, now speakest thou plainly, and speakest no proverb. Now are we sure that thou knowest all things, and needest not that any man should ask thee. By this we believe that thou camest forth from God. Jesus answered them, Do ye now believe? Behold, the hour cometh, ye is now, that ye shall be scattered, every man to his own, and shall leave me alone. And yet I am not alone, because the Father is with me. These things I have spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Amen. John chapter 16. The end of chapter 15, uh, again, Jesus promises that there's going to possibly be persecution. Well, he continues that thought in chapter 16, verses 1 through uh, 4, really, and uh, says that, look, don't, don't be shocked, don't be offended if you are mistreated because of uh, your faith in me. It's probably going to happen. And then Paul continued that thought in uh, Second uh, Timothy, I think uh, it's 2.13, uh, I might be off on the reference, but uh, it says, Yea, all that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. So those who decide to follow the Lord closely, uh, be ready. Um, you may not be the most popular person in school. You may not be the most popular person at work. Uh, you may not be the most popular person out in the community if you're uh, doing what's right. Um, a lot of us like to have that popularity. Oh, yeah, we want to have a close relationship with the Lord because we know that that's the right thing, but we also like to have our popularity. So I understand the struggle. I understand the tension. Uh, but uh, those who uh, do want to walk closely with the Lord, there is a guarantee here from Jesus that there is going to be some persecution coming our way. Uh, then Jesus mentions in verse number 7 that it is actually good for them that he does depart. Uh, he says in verse 7, he says, it is expedient. In other words, it's good. It's, it, it's, it's necessary for you that I go away uh, so that the comforter will come. If, if I don't go, go away, uh, the Holy Spirit's not going to come. And, and really, he's the one that's going to reside within you, who's going to guide you. And uh, then the ministry of the Holy Spirit is mentioned in verses 8 through number 14. Um, he's going to reprove the world of sin. He's going to reprove the world of, 
uh, of righteousness and of judgment. And then in verse 13, his ministry is he guides us into all truth. And uh, he's not going to talk about himself. He's going to uh, really glorify the Lord Jesus Christ in verse number 14. Um, that's his ministry. And then uh, he promises again that he's going to be leaving. And he also uh, announces, he refers to the joy that they're going to have after his resurrection. Uh, in verse number 20, he says, uh, you're going to weep, you're going to lament, but the world and the world's going to rejoice because I'm gone. We got rid of that a crazy uh, wild man that uh, has is, uh, you know, against government and all that. Uh, we're, we got rid of him. He's finally gone. And uh, he announces in verse 20 at the end of it, ye shall be sorrowful, but then your sorrow shall be turned to joy. And then he uses the illustration of a woman giving birth and how it's a really difficult situation. And then in a moment, that sorrow is turned to joy. And uh, um, for those who have had children, you re may remember that. Uh, I do. Um, when, when Seth was born, uh, it was a very long labor being the first child. And, uh, you know, we were, we were trying to know when to go to the hospital and when to, you know, do all these things. And we took all the classes and we were you know, thought we knew what we were talking about, and we really had no idea. So we went to the hospital, I think, three times before. I think the third time was a charm. You know, we go to the hospital, and they're like, ah, you're not ready, and we're like, okay, we'll go home. Uh, I think it's time. We go to the hospital, and it's a 30-minute drive one way to the hospital. So we did this two or three times, and finally on the third time, uh, Julie was like, I don't want to go. And I'm like, okay, well, now it's time to go because you don't want to go. It's time to go. And so we, I took her over there, and, uh, and they said, oh, boy, is it time? Uh, and uh, before long, uh, we had Seth. But in leading up to that, I mean, the contractions were really painful, and it was uh, really difficult, and she was uh, not liking life for a little while. And then this guy was born, and uh, he had all these bruising all over his head, and he kind of looked really ugly, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> Not much has changed over time, but um, no, and, and, but, but my, my, my wife and I both uh, were just so happy that we finally had this, this child that we had been praying for and looking forward to, to meeting. And uh, that, so as, as Jesus says, a woman when she's in travail hath sorrow. I, I think back to Julie and, and uh, the labor that she had with all of our children. And then, because her hour is come, but as soon as she is delivered of the child, she remembereth no more the anguish uh, for, for joy that a man is born in the world. And now, here's what happens uh, in, a, in a couple chapters. Jesus dies. The disciples are heartbroken. They think that they're probably going to die, too. So they're living in tremendous sorrow. Well, then Jesus shows up as the resurrected Lord on the third day. And then that sorrow they remember no more, and now that sorrow has turned to joy. And so he, he kind of prophesies of that uh, happening in their hearts uh, here in verses, uh, well, verse 21 especially, and verse 22. And then he gives them some lessons on prayer in verses 23 through 26. Uh, he says, Verily I say unto you, whosoever... Ye shall, whatsoever ye shall ask the Father of my name, he will give it you. 
And uh, by the way, that's a little more than just adding at the end of your prayer, in Jesus' name. Okay, a lot of, a lot of times people uh, think that when you add that little tag in the language of your prayer, that God's going to answer your prayer because, hey, he says, uh, you shall ask the Father in my name, he'll give it you. So God, please give me a brand new Bentley in Jesus' name, amen. And he's got to do it because I said in Jesus' name. No, no, in my name has more to do, more than just language. It has to do with who God is and, and the character of Christ and his will for us. And that's, that's what he's talking about here. Um, so there's lessons on prayer in verses 23 through 26. And then, of course, um, the, the great question that Jesus asks in verse 31, do ye now believe? Um, they were uh, finally at the point where they're like, okay, we know that you are sent from God. We know that you came from God because you know everything. And so Jesus asked them, excuse me, do ye now believe? And then verse 33, of course, is a very familiar and wonderful verse. These things have I spoken unto you that in me you might have peace. In the world, we're going to have tribulation. And uh, we are in a time of tribulation, so to speak. Now, the world's going to experience a seven-year tribulation after the rapture that is unlike anything this world has ever seen. But right now, uh, certainly... Uh, some of the tribulations that we're going through is uh, part of it. But he says, be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. What a great promise that is. Then we get to chapter 17. And uh, let's go ahead and read that at this time. These words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy son that thy son also may glorify thee. As thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. And this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. I have glorified thee on the earth. I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. And now, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. I have manifested thy name unto the men which thou gavest me out of the world. Thine they were, and thou gavest them me, and they have kept thy word. Now they have known that all things whatsoever thou hast given me are of thee. For I have given unto them the words which thou gavest me, and they have received them, and have known surely that I came out from thee, and they have believed that thou didst send me. I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me, for they are thine. And all mine are thine, and thine are mine, and I am glorified in them. And now I am no more in the world, but these are in the world, and I come to thee. Holy Father, keep through thine own name, those whom thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. Those that thou gavest me I have kept, and none of them is lost, but the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. And now come I to thee, and these things I speak in the world, that they might have my joy fulfilled in themselves." I have given them thy word, and the world hath hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. 
I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. As thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I also sent them into the world. And for their sakes I sanctify myself, that they also might be sanctified through the truth. Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word, that they all may be one, as thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. And the glory which thou gavest me, I have given them, that they may be one, even as we are one, I in them, and thou in me, that they may be perfect in one, that the world may know that thou hast sent me, and hast loved them as thou hast loved me. Father, I will that they also, whom thou hast given me, be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory, which thou hast given me. For thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, the world hath not known thee, but I have known thee. And these have known that thou hast sent me. And I have declared unto them thy name, and will declare it, that the love wherewith thou hast loved me may be in them, and I in them. And John 17 is uh, the longest prayer that we have recorded of the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, he announces in the very first verse that it's his time has come. He knows that it's led all the way up. His, his whole life has led to this hour, this moment, as he was about to become the sacrifice and to accomplish uh, the redemptive plan of God for you and for me. And he knew it was coming down to this, and so he has this special time of prayer uh, before he gets to the Garden of Gethsemane. And uh, while he's there, uh, verse number 4, he, he says this in verse 4, I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. And then in John chapter 19, he de declares it, one of the sayings of the cross, it is finished. Uh, because all the things that God had sent his father, his father had sent him to do, uh, Jesus completed everything. Um, completely done. Uh, what's interesting to me is Jesus prayed for the disciples in verse number 9. Look at this. I pray for them, in referring to the disciples. I pray not for the world. Interesting that Jesus doesn't pray for the world. He prays for, though, his disciples. For, but for them which thou hast given me, for they are thine. But, but listen to this. Not only does he pray for the disciples in verse number 9, he prays for you and for me. In verse number 20, look at this. Neither pray I for these alone... But for them also which shall believe on me through their word. That's you and me. So the Lord here, as he's praying before he goes to the cross, the night before he goes to the cross, he prays for you and for me as well. And what does he pray for? Well, he prays for sanctification. Um, in verses 15 through 17, he says, Look, I, I pray that you don't take them out of this world. That you keep them from evil. And then in... You know, they're not of the world. He, he wants us to grow and to be sanctified. And the way we're sanctified, by the way, in verse number 17, is through his word. 
we, we, we need to have time in his word, and we see that throughout this whole, this whole passage here that we've been reading tonight. He also prays for our witness. The reason he doesn't want us to take, the reason he doesn't take us out of this world is so that we can be a witness for the Lord. Uh, look in uh, verse number, uh, let's see, verse number 18, it says, As thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I also sent them into the world. You've sent me, Father, to be a witness and to give the message of salvation. Well, that's the same reason I want them to stay in the world, is so that they can give that message of salvation to those around them, to this world. And so that's why you and I are here. He also prays for unity in, uh, among us as believers, as brothers and sisters in the Lord. Verse number 20. Neither pray I for these alone. I'm sorry, that's not right. Uh, verse number 21, that they all may be one as thou, Father, art in me and I in thee. That they may also be one in us. Uh, God wants us to be united. Now, we're not going to, we're all different. God made us all different, uh, different personalities, different strengths, different weaknesses. Uh, but uh, we need to be united in Christ. That's the one thing that we all have in common and that we should have in common. And uh, that creates a unity that uh, having, you know, um, one of the things that uh, some of you may know, I, I, I have a motorcycle and I like to ride it. And, and now it's starting to get to be good weather, finally, for riding motorcycles. Well, when you're riding motorcycles and uh, some, another motorcycle rider is coming towards you, uh, we motorcycle riders do something. We kind of put our our hand out, you know, just to kind of like, hey, how's it going? Hey, be safe out there. You're part of the cool club, like me, you know. Uh, that's what that's what we do when we put our hand down, you know. Hey, how you doing, you know. Uh, we just kind of acknowledge each other, and it's, you have to be a motorcycle rider to be able to do that, okay. You do that in your car, uh, they're going to think that, they're going to think something different, okay. Then, then, but when you're a motorcycle rider, you get to be part of the cool club. Uh, and, and, and that's what we have in common. But, but really, it, that's such a vain thing to have in common. I mean, it's, it's a cool thing to have in common, but it, it's really empty. Christ, having him in common, that creates a unity that this world can't find in the different things that they really enjoy doing. You know, hey, we're, we're, we're part of, you know, whatever nation you are as far as what team you like, you know. Um, you know, we're Sooner Nation, Cowboy Nation. Great, you guys have a, the same team. That's really wonderful. But look, having Christ in common, that, this, is, this is the most important thing. And so he, he prays for unity there in verse 23. Um, there's more to that in, in that prayer there. So these are some things that took place after Jesus passed the bread, broke the bread and passed the cup around to the disciples between that and when he goes to the Garden of Gethsemane. And uh, John records a lot more that took place than the other disciples, and we all got to hear what took place uh, in, that, in that particular scene. So thanks for listening tonight. I hope that was an encouragement and a blessing to listen and hear the Word of God like that. Uh, we don't usually take a lot of time in the public services to read a big chunk of, of Scripture, but we did that tonight, and I think that's healthy to do. Paul said to Timothy, give attendance to reading, uh, not just reading 
books, but reading the Word of God. And so we, we did that tonight, and I think that that's a healthy thing to do. If you would turn over to 1 Corinthians, we're going to look at one more passage as we prepare for our communion uh, time. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter number 11 and verse number 23. I'm going to read this passage and then we'll go ahead and uh, sing and then we'll partake of the communion tonight. 1 Corinthians 11 verse 23 says, For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he brake it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. And after the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. And so here in verse 26, um, when we partake of this, what we're doing is we're remembering the Lord's death, his sacrifice on the cross, because the, the bread represents the broken body of the Lord Jesus and how his body was broken for us on the cross. His flesh was literally torn apart. And then uh, the, the blood is a remembrance of the blood that he shed for us on the cross. And even before the, even before the cross, uh, lots of blood was shed um, of course, the cat of nine tails and the, the scourging that he uh, experienced, a lot of blood was spilt there. But even before that, in the Garden of Gethsemane, as he, uh, according to Luke, says, he sweat, as it were, great drops of blood. Because uh, he was in such agony that uh, the, the blood vessels on the surface of his skin, skin actually um, exploded. And uh, that's why there was some blood there. So he... Uh, shed the blood, and, and, and so this communion we're going to do tonight reminds us of what he did for us, but then it also says, you do show the Lord's death till he come. We also remember the fact that he promised that he was coming back for you and for me. And so we remember that, but then we also, it says in verses 27 through, 20, uh, for, through 30 here, 31, um, talking about looking inside as well, and making sure that we're right with the Lord. Verse 27, Wherefore, whosoever shall eat of this bread and drink of this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. Let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. He that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. Uh, see, the church at Corinth here, as Paul's writing to, uh, they... They abused the Lord's Supper. They, uh, they didn't treat it with any type of uh, soberness and, and uh, spiritual introspection. They, didn't, uh, they just kind of were flipping about it. And as a result, um, the Bible says here in verse 30, Many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. The Lord had to judge those uh, for the way they were mistreating the Lord's Supper. Verse 31, For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. So really, we're going to be judged. You might as well judge yourself, because that's a lot better than having the Lord judge you. So tonight, uh, we're going to have a moment um, before we even sing 
to have that time of personal judgment where we kind of say, Lord, uh, I know that I'm not right with you in this area, and I want to get that settled tonight. Um, here at our church, um, we're going to pass the elements around. Um, we're going to ask that if you're not saved this, this evening, if, if you know for sure that you have not come to Christ and believed on Christ for your salvation, uh, these elements are not for you. These are for believers and believers only. Um, and if you're here tonight and you're not right with the Lord in a certain area and you haven't gotten it settled, uh, maybe there's something in your life that God's been pinpointing and you keep putting them off and keep rebelling against God, I would encourage you probably to let the elements pass and to not partake. And uh, this isn't a time to be looking down the row and seeing who partakes and who doesn't. This is a private time uh, between you and the Lord. Uh, but we do want to do this together as a church family as well. And so uh, with that being said, uh, Miss Pat, would you mind uh, making your way to the piano and maybe Miss Robin as well? Um, and uh, I'm just going to ask you to uh, play through on this first uh, verse. We're going to sing uh, Near the Cross in just a moment. Um, but uh, I'm going to have her just play. We're not going to sing. And uh, I want to invite you right where you are just to have a time of prayer nothing else to thank the Lord for what he did for us, some of the promises that he's given that we just read about and talked about, uh, some of the uh, blessings and, and uh, benefits there are to knowing the Lord and to being part of his family. Uh, take some time to talk to the Lord and thank him for what he did. Um, and then if there's something you need to get right with God, now's the time to do that as she plays. <laughs> 